Cause and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Today, we're going to be talking about art, specifically Indigenous art. Yvette Centerina is a Métis artist, educator, and the art education specialist with Mentoring Artists for Women's Art, aka MAWA. Her project, Resilience, highlights 50 Indigenous art cards and is a teaching guide for schools all across Canada. There's so much to talk about, and there are a lot less restrictions. Um, you know, back in the day, if you were an artist, you had to do what all the other artists were doing, and that's not the case anymore. So it's exciting. I sat down with Yvette Centerini to talk about her career as an artist in Winnipeg, using art to help youth understand themselves and the world around them, and how we can connect with art on our path to reconciliation. Thank you for listening to Because and Effect. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via Zoom by Yvette Centerini. She is the art education specialist with MAWA, and she's been an artist in Winnipeg for how many years, Yvette? I don't even know. Twelve. Twelve years. So very experienced. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk about a lot of cool things. Uh, you're one of the projects that the Winnipeg Foundation funded uh, with our Reconciliation Granting Stream. And your project, uh, Resilience, 50 Indigenous Art Cards and Teaching Guide, is something that MAWA uh, had you produce. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but maybe just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, what, what kind of art, what kind of mediums do you work with? And, and just a little bit about who you are as an artist first. Um. I um, am a francophone Métis visual artist with a disability, so I um, have a lot of um, um, I have a lot of things I can talk about or go towards in my work, and um, I I take that opportunity when I can. I work mostly in um, digital media, um, so I work with the computer, which allows me um, a lot more freedom in uh, working with materials uh, because I don't need scissors and I don't need glue. I just need to be able to move the mouse. And so, so yeah. And um, lately I've um, been doing a lot of mentoring and um, developing curriculum um, for uh, art teachers. And so, um, cause I also have a bachelor of education. So it's just been a kind of a nice uh, couple of years where I'm, I'm um, amalgamating those two professions and it's uh, working out uh, quite well. Very cool. I would imagine a lot of art teachers are kind of having a difficult time perhaps through Zoom with 30 kids on the line. Like how, what, what, what are your conversations like when, when you're talking to teachers who are trying to teach art and trying to inspire kids to be art artistic when they're, you know, through this um, barrier that is... I, I, that is well, I don't have a lot of like Zoom teaching experience or teachers to like but actually I'm working on like some online programs and so it's going to go that way anyway um, and so it is really difficult um, because you don't have that sort of interaction and the react so I'm not sure how that's going to go but in the new world all this like um, digital digital art and new media is just such a big thing now that I think the kids you know, next generation of artists um, are all going to be working like this um, anyway. So. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a weird time, like a weird transitional time when it comes to 
being creative because there's so much going out there. And I think so many more people have a lot more time on their hands as well. Um, how have you found the pandemic for you personally when it comes to work and, and when it comes to your art as well? Like, have you, have you had more time to work on it? Have you been inspired? What, what's been the situation? Um, well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, um, a lot of people who have disabilities um, feel confined and uh, are isolated to begin with. And so for me, this wasn't uh, really too much of a, too much of a change except for the fact that my kids were stuck in the house with me uh that was different but mm -hmm. um you know I I uh I like being I like working alone and a lot of artists actually uh you know work work alone uh, anyhow and so um I think we're finding our way we you know artists we miss our openings and being able to network and and go to workshops and do things like that but that's slowly um getting better and um like this podcast you know you're finding ways new ways to do things which you know is um what humans are really good at so mm -hmm. yeah adaptation for sure what do you think about the average person's relationship with art during well not necessarily just during the pandemic but i found for myself at least you know really appreciating the amount of you know content music videos art that i've been able to consume in my downtime because i think art kind of keeps people sane a little bit and this is an insane time so maybe just what do you think about the relationship between art and the artist during this pandemic and maybe in the in the in the in the immediate years or, or weeks after because i think people are really craving to go out and, and and see shows and you know consume art and go to you know the wag and every everywhere that has places to to celebrate art so what do you think about how people are going to sort of relate to to art now and and in post-pandemic well I, th I think like art is such a powerful um tool for communication and for um just just in a quality of life um i think it's underestimated a lot of times and um it's nice to hear that that um you know that you've you found the value of you you you've you you now maybe not take it as much for granted as you used to um because being an artist and working in the arts is is, is a lot of hard work and um it, it's also expensive and uh, emotionally and personally as you you know you share and um and you you really want that feedback from from viewers and audiences and stuff and so i think it's challenging for the artists but I um I really I I really think that everybody you know everybody's an artist and um everybody whether whether you think you don't you do or you don't you consume art um on a daily basis yeah a thousand times a day so um so important and um that's why I really find that education and art a really good combination um because art is such a uh, great way to communicate things and in like it it's a language that everyone can understand um most mostly like um so i yeah i find i find it as a, an important educational uh, tool and so it just brings awareness to issues and um you know you can share you can uh, communicate as i uh I don't know how much more to advocate for art, but 
Well, and it, it it helps kids find their voices too, right? And it helps kids sort of learn who they are and where they came from, and it can help them connect with their pasts a little bit. Maybe this is a good time to talk about resilience, 50 Indigenous art cards and the teaching guide that you came up with. What was the process to come up with this? What's what's the purpose of it? And, and maybe just give me a walkthrough of this whole project and how it came to be. Um, well, Mawa um, put on a Cross Canada uh, billboard project um, and that was um, to value and to showcase um, Indigenous art by women. Uh, so they, they produced these big billboards across the country um, with this, these 50 specific artworks. And when the exhibition was over, Mao really wanted to sort of extend the life of that project by um, you know, creating a teaching guide to go along with that exhibition. And so that's how um, funding from uh, Winnipeg Foundation uh, paid for um, a team to work on uh, the development of the um, teaching guide, which, which I participated in with um, uh, Don Knight, another um, visual art, art teacher in Winnipeg, Lita Fontaine, uh, also another visual art teacher and um, Elder Albert McLeod, who um, really helped guide us through the whole process. And um, so the uh, billboards were transferred into um, eight and a half by 11 card format that um, teachers can use in the classroom um, to engage students in um, Indigenous art, contemporary, contemporary art. And um, it's also all available online. So it's really like it was conceived to be very accessible. Um, so the project was really an act of reconciliation to, to really try to, um, you know, get work out there and have kids interact with the work and, and really um, um, uh, like take it in and then respond to the work um, on their own from their own experiences. Very cool. So that's at resilienceproject.ca for those listening right now. And just for those who don't know, uh, MAWA stands for Mentoring Artists for Women's Art. And it's a great organization here in Winnipeg that really uh, just helps women and helps artists. And, and it's it's very cool stuff. Um, so what age kids are participating in this? And is it sort of universal? Or is it for younger or mid? Yeah, middle? no, it's um, there, there are some topics that might be more suitable for older students. But I feel like we are all at the beginning of our journey of um, understanding Indigenous worldviews and um, culture and like we just need so much, so much education so we should all start at zero. <laughs> um, but but really the the teaching guide is not linear in any sense of the way it was based on, you know, uh, the symbol of the circle. Um, so it's mm. continuous and um, there are some themes that would be, uh, it really is, a, it depends on curriculum as well. Um, you know, when you start talking about science and um, environmental sustainability, that might be a good top time to pull up the cards um, talking about water and, mm. you know, and so, and so that's what we tried to do is try to pull in um, themes that that were related to curriculum. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
art is such a intrinsic part of of many indigenous cultures what do you what do you think the role of art is when it comes to reconciliation or what can it be or what should it be um well in the in the teaching guide when we were um preparing it there's a uh, chapter in there about um, art and activism and the interesting thing about contemporary indigenous art is that so art can be just um you know art for art's sake it can be to bring awareness it could be uh, to inform and indigenous art is all of those together most of the time um so i think I think it's just such a push to to share um, their experiences and their their worldview, and I and I find that it's such a it's such an um, accessible way to to sort of see someone else's uh, perspective and to understand it, and so introducing images to children or the general public can, um, helps them understand so much quicker than you know um any other any other medium um apart from you know having a relation relationship or an experience directly related to it um so um yeah i just yeah yeah Yeah, very well said for sure um how how do you think I, i i'm curious what your reflections are on how when we went to school um what the sort of approach to indigenous history and culture was versus now and now there's all these projects and like yours like resilience that can kind of help bridge those gaps and, and fill in those 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 blanks but how do you think that educational tool and that educational approach has changed over the past you know 30 years or so since since we were in school and, and there wasn't really much what much talked about back then compared to now i think what we learned in school um in my generation was it seemed like it was so far in the distant past Mm. and that you know this is how we used the how this is how uh indigenous people lived um before colonization and and then that that that's over now and now we're all we're all doing the same thing and and that's not true and that's what resilience is all about is how the how um, indigenous peoples were able to maintain uh, their culture and um, and keep some of their uh, languages alive as well um, through resilience and and now um, you know there's a big um, a bigger respect for it but there's still it's still so so far to go um, my daughter is um, 10 years old and she's in grade six and you know it was like I don't know. Um, she was uh, she 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 was supposed to dress in cultural cultural wear for a, a special day at school, and so she braided her hair um, and she wore uh, her beaded earrings and and then she and she said, you know, like I braided my hair because like in the in the indigenous time um, that's what they did, right, mommy? And I said, the indigenous time is not over, sweetie it's still it's still here like there's it did not end she's like oh yeah i know but you know and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's not this like prehistoric thing it's it's um it's it's here it's it's still alive and well and so and so i'm 
you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm grateful that things have changed and that things will continue to change, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, we're, we're in the middle of a very interesting time in, in human history and in Canadian history specifically when it comes very, to our relationships. Especially, yeah, to be an artist in this, in this day and age is, um, there's so much to talk about and there are a lot less restrictions. Um, you know, back in the day, if you were an artist, you had to do what all the other artists were doing and that's not the case anymore. So it's exciting. Yeah. Have you always been an artist or is this something that you, yeah? No, I, I, you know, I did a, a class in um, art history and a studio course as an elective when I was doing my bachelor of education. And I met an amazing artist, um, Diana Thornycroft, who ended up being my mentor. And, and, you know, she tried to convince me to not go into teaching and to just finish a, do a bachelor of fine arts. And I, I thought, no, no, I really want to do this. And so I, I, that's why I ended up actually doing both because I just kept thinking about, well, maybe I should, you know, and, and um, it's just been great. I really, I love the community. I love the openness um, that art brings. Um, so I find it as a teacher and as a, as a mentor, I just, I just really like helping people, you know, um, attain their goals and that's what teachers do right and so, <laughs> so yeah yeah exactly i mean i loved you i love your website yvettecenterini.com your portfolio is beautiful i showed my partner because she she has uh, a bird tattoo on her shoulder of a whiskey jack and she I, like oh, your stop. style is very right up her alley so i was like check these out these are so good yeah, yeah, yeah. so beautiful beautiful work um maybe talk a little bit about um you know connecting with kids and finding I feel like art is such a valuable tool to make kids come out of their shell and find, find, you know, who they are and, and, and where they came from. And have you had any experiences with that and, and, you know, looking in and seeing that transformation of someone who maybe might be a little bit shy and finally coming out of their shell? Yeah, I, well, I haven't personally, um, but I, you know, I, I know, um, people in the community like, um, uh, I saw a story uh, from the Winnipeg Art Gallery um, because uh, Colleen LeDuc there, she does um, video um, workshops with schools. Cool. And um, and a teacher um, wrote back to her after after a session, saying that this one student that who had you know such difficulty communicating and who hadn't really spoken since the beginning of the school year after after doing that session like actually doing this session just um opened opened up gave that student a voice and let, let allowed um them to them to communicate and to create and and to share and so the teacher was very thankful of that and just you know we don't always realize the the power of art no kidding. Very well said. Um, so you just recently joined uh, Mentoring Artists for Women's Art, aka Mawa. Uh, I'm not sure how long ago, but just tell me about how that relationship came to be and, and what you're working on now. I understand you're trying to push resilience and get it into as many schools as possible. So maybe if anyone's listening right now that, that has a connection to a school, um, you can go to resilienceproject.ca. But uh, yeah, just tell me about your, um, your, your relationship with Mawa and how that came to be. Well, when I, f I graduated from uh, my Bachelor of Fine Arts at the U of M, um, after that, I uh, did a mentorship with MAWA. Uh, it's a full year mentorship, the Foundation Mentorship Program. And it's just so instrumental for so many artists. Um, you have support from 
a mentor and other peers. Um, and so you learn things that you don't necessarily learn in art school. Um, you have individual, um, ind like an individual cheerleader uh, that'll help you and guide you. And I just learned so much from that one year that I felt like it really fast forwarded my career. Um, when I was finished, I was so grateful for the experience that I decided to uh, be a board member. And as a board member, I learned so much about uh, arts, um, like organization, like the back, back background of it mm -hmm. or the you know behind the scenes and um, I was able to then join other boards and and help those organizations with what I had learned at MAWA because I feel like MAWA is really the the place to go to learn how a board works mm -hmm. um, um, so so that experience was was wonderful and then a few years later once I was like 10 years into my art career I was asked to to mentor mentees in the program and so I did that um, uh, two years ago and that was an amazing experience um, had two wonderful mentees um, and I just was able to help them grow and achieve their goals and you know now I can still watch them <laughs> I still follow them and see what they're doing and we st we're still in contact and and so and so yeah and in, in the between all of that when they approached me to work on the um, resilience um, I have never written before for anything. I hadn't, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any really experience in Indigenous art. Um, but when they asked me to work on the project, I couldn't say no, um, because I felt like that was, it was such an important um, cause. And um, I was excited to have the opportunity to like learn. So I was able to meet people and research and, um, and like, learn so much in doing that project um yeah so then after um that was like the 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 resilience kit was distributed to every band school in manitoba for free um thanks to funding and um and we're we've also been uh, it was also delivered to every every school winnipeg school in winnipeg mm -hmm. Um, for free so everybody in Manitoba pretty much has access to it um, and so now the um, I was hired just recently to try and make connections outside of the province in other other, other provinces that might um, need it and or or find it useful and so yeah I try to locate other schools and and teachers and resources and try to add the kit to libraries uh, where teachers might might be able to stumble upon them um, to make to just to just try to get that the the effect and the impact um, of the project just um, as far reaching as we can possibly go. Beautiful. Well, that's It's very cool. It's a, a beautiful website. Again, resilienceproject.ca and you can download the PDF. You can purchase the box set there. You can get in contact uh, with Mawa and, any, and everyone. So for right. And all the images um, from the works are there. Teachers can use them in slideshows. Um, you know, it's um, there's links to all kinds of YouTube resources <laughs> and online things and so yeah awesome. 
And it's all about just getting the conversation started at least, right? It's just tools that are that are put out there and you can say like, did you know this? What do you think about it? How do you feel? How do, you know what, what I mean? So when, when you hear, when you hear back from these schools and you, and you've given them to so many, you said, I think you said you connected with 40 different schools across Canada now, potentially, what are you hearing back as far as feedback from people using, using the resource and, and, and digging into resilience and really um, trying to help kids sort of make these connections and, and start these conversations? Yeah, I think, well, I think in first go, um, teachers are very hesitant to, um, to bring up topics of indigent indigeneity in the classrooms for fear of <laughs> saying something wrong or, or causing more harm. Um, and so it's kind of, it was, it was conceived as a tool to, to really help demystify a lot of um, things and to allow the teachers to have that little bit of uh, education and knowledge to be able to share what they know, um, um, not as, you know, their own experiences or, but, but as, you know, just a, just some sort of guide, anything, right? And when I took on this project, um, I was really concerned because of the same exact same things, you know, I, I said to, to Mawa, like, I don't know if I can if I can do this justice, I don't want to, I don't want to screw it up, you know, and um, Shauna said to me, you know, the reason why we're doing it is because, you know, doing something and maybe we'll make a few mistakes here and there along the way, but doing something is better than doing nothing at all. And um, sometimes we feel safe in doing nothing about a cause, but um, because because of those reasons, mm. but um, you know, every little bit helps. And I find the teachers are very, are being grateful. First of all, because they don't have, um, you know, they don't have the time to be doing so much um, research or personal, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, it's nice to have those, those tools and those quick lesson planning that, you know, all, all you have to do is show them an image and just ask the kids, what do they see? Why do they think why, why do they see that? What do they think it means? You know, it's just, it's, it's just that. And so, and so I think teachers who aren't um, that familiar with teaching art, um, it's a good tool for, for just learning how to look at work and getting kids engaged. It's, um, it helps teachers who, who are art teachers to in integrate Indigenous art into the into their lessons um, because there's not a lot of a lot of uh, out there um, of um, of resources about indigenous mm. contemporary indigenous art. So yeah, it, it fills a void. What is art, what is education if not exposure to new ideas? And this is a great project to to you know lower the bar of entry of accessibility when it comes to a lot of these indigenous ideas and ways of knowing so yeah beautiful beautiful work it can be as simple or as complicated as a teacher is comfortable um going right yeah very cool well let's talk a little bit about causes at the at the end of our time together i ask all my guests the same seven questions we call it the just because segment it's all about the causes that you care about and the effect that it's had on your life Are you okay to go through that with us yeah yeah <laughs> okay cool uh question one what is the very first cause that you ever remember even caring about um i've always been really uh empathetic towards animals and um that's reflected in your art i think a yeah, lot of yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how that's how I communicate is through animals. I find I'm very uh, connected and 
I find that that we can learn from from animals as well, and so that's why I I use them a lot. Is that one of your pictures in the background in there? I see a little butterfly picture. Oh yeah, that's that... one of my very first drawings. Oh, uh, beautiful. And uh, <laughs> at art school, yeah. Every time I see someone's one of my like even your first drawing is better than anything I've ever drawn in thirty five years of being alive you know like it's just so well, i had a teacher who taught me how to draw mm. i did not know how to draw before before <laughs> well, i was taught well it's gorgeous for sure well great answer too thank you uh so question two if money and politics and, and logistics were no issue at all and you could just snap your fingers and something would happen in support of your current cause what would you do oh i would love to have like a like a school of art for children for youth uh somewhere where they can like get a head start on their art career mm. or get a head start on communicating or expressing themselves. Um, and it would be like really diverse and inclusive and, um, and accessible. And fun by the sounds of it. <laughs> cool. Great answer. Thank you. Uh, question three, what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about your cause? Um, that um, people need special skills to be artists. Um, I, you know, like you, everyone is an artist and um, anybody can can uh, can go there um, because we all have the best art is made by sharing your own experiences and we all have unique unique experiences so everyone has something to say um, and to share do you think it's just about finding finding your medium or finding your you know your language or your finding style your, yeah your style? like exactly language that's a really good way of uh putting it um you know i've i've met a lot of kids i, I taught in for five years in uh, visual arts and um you know some of the kids oh i can't draw but they're 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 the characters they draw and the style that they draw and is just so unique and so you know you have to be like no just because like you think that you know it has to look real to be good that's not that's not what art is there's no boundaries. There's no rules. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, question four, what's a recent victory either personally or professionally that, that you, uh, that you'd like to share with us or can share with us? Well, it's, it has to be the resilience um, project. I'm, I never thought that I would have been able to, to do something like that. And Mawa just, you know, encouraged me and, and gave me so much support and be able to, to do that. And, and it's just so surreal that, you know, it's, going across the country and like i don't even know how we did that but we did it <laughs> made it work yeah well it's the it's the power of art as they say very 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 cool uh question five what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given i guess i, I guess i already mentioned it when um shauna dempsey from maua told me you know mm. just because just because you know doing something is better than doing nothing and um and I just, I really feel like, like that's true, especially, you know, it can, it can affect every aspect of your life. If you're feeling, you know, like you just can't do it anymore. Just getting up in the morning is better than doing nothing, you know, like just, just, just do as much as you can and um, it'll, it'll work itself out. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time is yeah when it comes to reconciliation it just seems like such a long big gigantic you know 
process and experience and, and it's going to be a lifetime for all of us. Yeah. And so it's, it's tough to be like, okay, well, where do I even start? Right. And just start somewhere, just start going in a direction. You might, you might take one step forward, two steps back, three steps forward, but. Yeah. Exactly. Read a book, look at a, look at art. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have you gone to uh, that Kamayak um, at, at the wag yet? You know what? Surprisingly, no, I no? haven't been yet. And it's on my list of things to do before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, because um, it's, I mean, it's so amazing. Um, and, and like, wow, what a, what a, what a, what another resource, eh? For, yeah. the, for the country, really. And the world, um, I think they, they have the biggest collection. So I'm um, excited to to go see that as well. Yeah, same. Cool. Uh, question six. What advice would you give your 10-year-old self if you could uh, talk to her right now? Hmm. My 10-year-old self. You have a 10-year-old daughter. That's got to be hit, hitting extra different a little yeah, bit. Um, I think, I think it would be to follow my uh, instincts a little more to really um like focus on myself and um, being grounded and listening to my intuition um, because I think that's something that I didn't value as much I wasn't taught to well maybe I was and I didn't get it I don't know <laughs> but it wasn't it was something I was always so much more worried about other what the other person was thinking or or how uh, that would affect someone else, or, mm. or if I was making doubting my decisions, and and so I um, I would have um, I would like to have the the confidence and the uh, the serenity. <laughs> Trust your gut. Trust your gut. That's good advice. Always. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Every time I haven't, it's gotten me into trouble. <laughs> well, there you go. Awesome. Um, all right. Last question. Thank you so much for doing this for us. Um, Yvette, what do you want to be remembered for? I think generosity is mm. um, such an important quality um, for sharing and helping and caring. And um, being generous doesn't just mean, you know, throwing your money around. Um, it means um, standing up for other people. It means um, helping. It means, you know, picking up picking up garbage if you see it on the ground. It means just caring, right? And being generous in sort of all all areas of your of your your life is so rewarding. Um, and it also comes back to you. Beautifully said, Yvette. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. Yvette Centerini is the art education specialist with Mentoring Artists for Women's Art. That's mawa.ca for, for mawa. That's uh, yvettecentorini.com for Yvette's page. And we have the resilienceproject.ca if you want to learn more all about uh, this great 50-piece art set that you can start some important conversations. And Yvette, if you're not you... a teacher, you could still buy the kit and just put them up in your kitchen. Beautiful. Or your exactly. living room or your office. It's universal. It's for everyone. That's right. Yvette, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you for being generous with your time with us. And, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nolan. Have a good day. Thank you again to Yvette Centerini for speaking with us today. Uh, I really love exploring concepts like how art can connect people or reconnect people with their roots and, and their culture and, and help 
people figure out who they are. I think that's just fantastic work that that Mawa does and that Yvette's doing with Mawa. So uh, yeah, thanks for the chat today. And thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you for listening to the end credits part here as well. I know I basically say the same thing every week, um, but the fact that you're still here is very appreciated. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast uh, and just thank you for listening. All music on our show is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. You can hear more of his music by searching Trenton Burton on Spotify. The Cause and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. To learn more about what we're doing at the Foundation, visit WPGFDN.org or search at WPGFDN on all social media platforms. Thank you again so much for listening. Uh, my name is Nolan Bicknell. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. And remember, the art of a people is a true mirror into their minds. Bye-bye.